Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. <laughs> Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of E-Ticket to Broadway, the only podcast to encourage our listeners to ask Broadway stars who their favorite Disney character is at the stage door. Are you following E-Ticket on Instagram? Only there can you connect with your fellow Disney theme park Broadway-loving pals, play games, answer trivia, and see photos of our guests at the parks. Check us out at eTicket to Broadway. Want to bring some of the magic home? Be sure to visit our online shop for official eTicket to Broadway merchandise. Show off your love of the podcast every day with shirts, mugs, notebooks, pins, and so much more. And want to get sneak peeks of new merchandise and special discounts? Consider joining our Patreon visit www.eticketpodcast.com. I had such a blast chatting with the guest on this episode. He's been seen in FX's Fosse Verdon, wrote the new musical Edge of the World, and won the Drama Desk, Outer Critics Circle, and Theater World Award in his Broadway debut as SpongeBob SquarePants. Get ready for the best day ever with Tony Award nominee Ethan Slater. Ethan, welcome to E-Ticket to Broadway. I'm so thrilled to have you. Are you ready to chat all things Disney? I have never been more ready, David. I I must admit I'm ready. I mean, this is it. I mean, and you sang Best Day Ever on Broadway, and most of our listeners would say that when they go to a Disney park, it's their best day ever. So I think it's perfect. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. So Ethan, as a kid, did you watch any of the Disney movies? I mean, yeah, of course. Like, we watched all the classic Disney movies as a kid. Um... You know, I mean, honestly, my first memory of watching a movie is watching like Bambi. Um, oh. <laughs> just, just to go I think way that's back. That's the first time Bambi has been brought up on this podcast. Is that real? Is that, I think so. How? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it's everyone's favorite. I mean, it's a little dark. <laughs> it's a beautiful film. Well, I don't know if it's. I don't know if I would say that it's my favorite. Um, but like a little dark, but still like fun and fanciful is like, as sort of describes my personality. So it does feel like a good place to start. Did you ever just walk through the forests and being like, that's Bambi and there's Thumper and there's Flower? Did that, did that kind of Bambi-like point of view enter your life? Wow. I think that, um, insofar as I would walk through the forest and everything would look animated, like, uh, you know, early 20th century animation. Yes. Um, I'm not sure that I was, I was giving out names. I don't, I don't think that I was like, (laughs) you know, uh, addressing the deer that I was seeing. That's fair. (laughs) What about, do you remember when you, like when Little Mermaid came out? Cause we were kids. Yeah. You know, I actually don't remember seeing it in theaters, but I do deeply remember going to Blockbuster and getting Little Mermaid on VHS. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And like, I loved singing. Um, I loved, you know, I, I like everything about it. I have red hair, you know, like everything about it was just like, this is going to feel uh, up my alley. Um, yeah, I will say like like animated early musicals 
big deal. Honestly, you know what is uh, not animated, but big movie for me was Newsies. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I think the first impression I ever did in my life um, was doing Christian Bale um, singing Santa Fe. I think that that's, uh, you know, the thing is, it is actually a sort of a physical impression. It's about the way that he moves through the street uh, with the casual sort of turn around a pole. Um, yeah, so we can't do it on the podcast. But when I dream on my own, I'm alone, but I ain't lonely. For a dream, a night's the only time of day. That's my. That's, that's, it's really great. Thank you that's so great. much. Thank you. That I was have wonderful. been working on it for about 22 years. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Newsies was awesome. I watched it all the time. What a great movie. Were there any songs that you used to sing, like Carrying the Banner or Seize the Day? Literally all of them. All of them. I would run around the house singing them. 100%. Um, I mean, and the thing is that now that it's, now that it's, you know, this fabulous musical, this Broadway musical, like the songs do have like a different connotation when you sing them. But for me, it's always the movie version and sort of the dance break, like on the streets. Oh, just incredible stuff. It's great. Pulitzer and Hearst, they think they got us. Do they got us? No. Um, bum, <laughs> Sorry, sc- just screaming into my microphone. Everyone's th- everyone's thrilled to hear you scream newsies into their ears. <laughs> It's fine. I think we all learned how to belt from Patrick's mother. Remember oh, that in the opening? 100%. I was like, what is that vocal placement? I was like, That's <laughs> belting. It was great. I, okay, the, the, only other thing, the, the only other thing that Newsies really taught me um, is more of a retrospective thing. Besides belting? Thing. Besides yeah. belting. Besides belting. Besides uh, Christian Bale, a slight impression, um, is uh, that I should have taken gymnastics. Because that tumbling always blew my mind. And I always thought that I was doing it. I would be like in our, the, the carpeted room in my childhood house. I'm um, thinking that I was tumbling, but really I was, you know, falling, which actually also is uh, sort of my ethos is uh, I think I'm tumbling, but I'm really falling. <laughs> tumbling is controlled falling. Beautiful. Oh, that's so beautiful. Let's, let's go with that. Were there any characters as a kid that you related to, whether from Bambi or Newsies? I mean, you <laughs> mentioned being a redhead. Same here. Like Peter Pan. Oh, Peter Pan. I, I do love that because Bambi is the first one I came up with. It's, <laughs> yes. do, you, do you really like that's connect the with anyone from Bambi? Um, yeah. <laughs> I loved Peter Pan. Oh, God, I love Peter Pan. Um. I mean, I love the Mary Martin Peter Pan. We had that again on on VHS. Clearly, it was taped over something else. Um, yes. <laughs> um, Do you remember in the Mary Martin Peter Pan? There's a moment with, I think we would say the indigenous tribe, which mm-hmm. is problematic, where they yeah. would lean left and right. Yes. And whether it was a camera trick or what, I was always fascinated by that. Well, I, so one of my like favorite. Um, people and performers of all time is Buster Keaton. And he does this incredible leaning trick um, that is sort of a similar thing. And, um, you know, it's very like thriller, the leaning trick, except, you know, they sort of glue glue your feet to the ground or put nails into the ground. But it's definitely like a thing that I do and that we put in SpongeBob um, is me doing this little lean. Um, actually, the whole, the whole company doing it. But it was definitely like, how far can you lean was like... <laughs> Wow, what a what a boring tangent I just went on. <laughs> Not at all. I want to blow your mind and let you know that Buster Keaton used to spend a lot of time in my hometown of Muskegon, Michigan. You're from Muskegon, Michigan? I am. What? That's so the artist colony. Is that uh Yes. You, yes. Are you well connected to it? <laughs> 
Why not? No, I, I don't think I am. That's so funny. I like that nuts. I um people don't mention Buster Keaton a lot, and so when they do, that's incredible. This is not related to Disney. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to move quickly past this. But we can certainly move through it. But I will come back to it when we're off air because I yes. know a lot about Buster Keaton and his childhood home in Muskegon because you know they moved around a lot. They were yeah. a vaudeville family, so the only home that he really ever had was there. Yeah. You mentioned loving singing along to Newsies. Were there any mm-hmm. other Disney songs that you sang a lot as a kid? Yes, to all of them. Like I think that's I think that is the thing. I'm gonna um, let loose a little secret, which is that I, I don't think of myself as a big as like a, a big Disney person. Like it isn't something that I that I consciously think about a lot. But as I start to think about the movies and the music that sort of defined. Um, who I became as a person, like so many of them are these Disney movies and these Disney songs um, that were just huge. I mean, the Alan Menken of it all, you know? And- yeah. And I think for so many of us that work on Broadway, Disney was our gateway into musical theater. The parks totally. were kind of our gateway to live entertainment. So yeah, I mean, you had amazing songwriting teams in the Renaissance that impacted a lot of us as kids. Right. And like, you know, just like listening to Colors of the Wind and being like, oh, that's that's so beautiful. Like why, why I want to learn more. I want to hear this voice more. So I'm going to go listen to Les Mis. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Did you ever wish that you could give voice to a Disney character? Oh, I mean, I would still love to like do that. Yeah. I, I, th- right. So I feel like that is the other thing. As a, as a performer, you're always like watching something or listening to something and being like, I sort of want to do, can I do that? Can I watch it and love it? And then also do that. Um, I feel like the biggest thing for me though is is not even necessarily voicing, um, voicing a character, even the singing part. Like I, I just like want to be in hook. You know, is that is that sort of the same thing? (laughs) I just I just like I don't know. Like somehow like can they? I I want them to like remake Hook, and I want to be able to play any one of the characters. Um, I would be, I would be Rufio. I would be, um, Smee, obviously. You know, I would be Hook. Um, yes. That moment when Dustin Hoffman's wig came off scared me <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. But what's funny is, like, I mentioned Peter Pan, and you're like, well, the Mary Martin version or Hook, you take, you're like Disney adjacent. Right. I'm just going to slowly pull you back. No, please pull, you pull right me in. back. I'm going to pull you right in. Hook is Disney, though, right? I don't believe it is. <gasps> oh, I don't, I mean, like, you could, I mean, I feel like you might, you, you are more likely right than I am, but I it's do Amblin. like Amblin. Yeah, Amblin Entertainment and TriStar Pictures. Whoa. So, wow. I sort of, that was, it was sort of just a deep cut. (laughs) (laughs) So you went to the parks as a kid. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, was that Walt Disney World or Disneyland? Uh, Disney World in Florida. Okay. Yep. Good, good. And do you remember what that was like to go? I do. It was so much fun. I mean, we would go... We went uh, a couple of times when I was younger, uh, you know, we'd be going to Orlando or something. And like, that was like, my, my dad would be going for a conference and we would all go and like, you know, um, have a great time. So I have like some, some really like fun flashes of memories. Um, and it was also just like a great time to spend with my family. So here was a, a thing that I was going to say that's like it, the, one of the reasons that it was very meaningful to me but also like 
sounds a little morose, but I swear isn't, is that, um, you know, my mom was pretty sick when I was a kid. And so we got to cut all the lines. And I like didn't have like a real concept of what was going on. I was just like, my mom is awesome. My family is awesome. This is all great. Um, and we don't have to wait in any lines ever. And so I just had like an absolute blast. Um, and it's, but it's like, it is this like interesting, like interweaving of what my childhood was like in that way with like just the happiest memories, the happiest place on earth, you know, like it was a really, um, so it actually has these really deep layered meanings for me that are, are sort of a little odd to talk about, but. But that's your truth. Still true. You know, yeah. that's what, that's what you went through. What about any of the rides? Do you remember going on teacups or Dumbo or pirates? I remember going on Space Mountain very, very explicitly um, and being absolutely terrified. And I, I did not like roller coasters. I still like, I'm like a little trepidatious. There was a period where I was more into them, but like, I'm like, you know, whatever, like I could go, I could take it or leave it. Like I'm there for the ambiance. Um, but I don't know, like, I don't know, like one of my sisters probably was like, well, you have to go on this like world famous Space Mountain. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. And I just remember just like freaking out, but have it. But then we got back and I was like, let's do it again. Totally. Um, They talk about that. The Imagineers will talk about some of these thrill rides of like making you think you're just about to die and then pulling you back. Mm -hmm. And it's like sometimes on Space Mountain, it's that's that. You're like, I can't see where I'm going. It's fast. And then as soon as it's done, let's go again. It is sort of this amazing thing that like my my clearest memories in just like a fully dark space, <laughs> like well, <laughs> just just like going through, be like ah, um, yeah. <laughs> what about um? Did you remember meeting any of the characters in the park? Did you meet Mickey or any of the princesses? Um, I am sure we did because I have a picture with Mickey um, somewhere in my memory. I, I I really looked for it. I looked for it. I swear. I even I. I, I asked my family, like, hey, where does this thing exist? Can't find it. So you potentially met Mickey. It, it's ingrained in your memory. Mm-hmm. Do you remember wanting to go back? Because have you been back? I, you know, I was really trying to go back like two months ago. I'm, I'm living uh, in Los Angeles right now. And when the parks opened up to California residents, um, my friend and I were like, no, we got to go. Like, we got to do it. I haven't I haven't ever been out here. I think that would be super fun. Um, and we tried and it was just, they were at, you know, whatever, like 30% capacity. Um, and because of, you know, my wife's work schedule, I wasn't going to like ditch her and go without her. So we're still like hanging on to the hope that I'm going to, that we're going to be able to go, but it's uh, now going to be quite full, which is also good. A different experience from cutting all the lines, which is my childhood memory. Ethan, you, of course, brought the cartoon character of SpongeBob SquarePants to the stage. And though he's not Disney, can you share your thoughts a little bit of why animated characters affect us so deeply, you know, sometimes even more than humans? There's something about cartoon characters that we just cling to. Um, Can I give a really short answer and then give a way too long answer that I'm sure you're not going to want to use any of? Um, My short answer for that is that for cartoon characters, mm, my short answer for that is that cartoon characters they have no limits, like anything is possible, which means that 
we can like not not only can they do anything physically, but we we can sort of like believe in their logic in a way that we like want to believe in. Um, there's something about seeing um, a person with the optimism of SpongeBob that's a finer line to walk than a sponge, right? Like there's something about um, you know. Cruella was amazing, but there's something about seeing Cruella DeVille as a cartoon character and you're like, oh, right, right. I get her logic. Like, yeah, yeah, she wants to kill Dalmatians. Like, I get it. Um, but when you see her as a real person, there's it's a much finer line to walk. It's a lot harder. So I think that there's these leaps in logic in a beautiful way, in a childlike way that you're allowed to project onto cartoon characters. And I think that that's just wonderful. And I think that it's like childlike and imaginative. Um, and it's something that I think allows us to learn a lot more about ourselves. And it also allows us to like yearn to be better selves or to see what not to do. It like just allows us to push to the extreme in a really cool way that I think is often really surreal. Um, my slightly longer answer that I'm realizing uh, might not actually be longer, but just a little more boring is that, um, you know, I'm like obsessed with silent movies from the early part of the 20th century. We already talked about Buster Keaton once, but I'm just like really obsessed with Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, Harold Lloyd, like that sort of era of silent film comedians. And what's amazing to me is that early cartoons were based on the physical stylings of Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, and Harold Lloyd. And so like there is this element of slapstick human comedy in cartoons. And then of course, you know, Disney and mainly Disney really, um, but you know, all of the cartoons over the course of the next 50 years started pushing the limits and be like, okay, well, if if we're basing this off of a human, they can do this. But if we're not fully basing it off of a human, they can do this. And you watch like, as Mickey Mouse, like becomes this unbelievably versatile, elastic figure um, in facial expression and in physical comedy. And then humans look at cartoons and are like, oh, wow, like, what if we could do what they're doing? So it's like, it's this amazing feedback loop, but in a good way, um, where, where like hum cartoons are one-upping humans, humans are then one-upping cartoons, cartoons are then one-upping humans, and just like the limit does not exist. It just like keeps going. Um, and so I think that that's a really beautiful thing to witness. And it's why like when you watch Inside Out, you're like so moved in this incredibly human way, but it's actually jumping, you know, three levels past what humans were doing on screen emotionally and physically a hundred years ago. Um, so you're just like, it's like a really cool peek into the evolution of storytelling. That's very wise. Well said. Thank you. I mean, like, that's true. Like in my research over the years, it's like Walt Disney was definitely inspired by Charlie Chaplin for Mickey Mouse. Oh yeah. Like, it's all there. Um, I have nothing further to say about that. that was very well said. I, I think about this a, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think about Mickey Mouse a lot, but that's great. <laughs> so. Ethan, you recently wrote a musical with Nick Blameyer called Edge of the World, and it stars you two as well as Lily Cooper and Norbert Leo Butts, some amazing folks. So here's the question. If you were to all go to Walt Disney World together, who do you think would be most likely to be the first one ready in the morning, like raring to go? <laughs> oh, man. That's such a good question. Uh, to be totally honest, I think it, it probably would be me. Um 
which is which is sort of a co- like a, sort of a lame answer, but I just like I sort of just like wake up ready. Um, yeah, you're ready to go. I like I like mornings. Who do you think of that group would be like the thrill seeker? Lily. And who would buy the most souvenirs? Wow. Feels like it could it could be uh, Dark Horse Norbert. Um, you know, I, I know <laughs> I know Lily incredibly well. I know Lily and Nick incredibly well, and I've like I had met Norbert, um, you know, socially before, and then getting to work with him on this is like the, the first time we're like really getting to know each other, which is like you know amazing because he's super super awesome. Um, so I don't know if he's a merch guy. Okay. That's all. That's all for me to go and go ahead and say. Like, I don't know that he's a merch guy, but like deep down, I can really see it. I can feel yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. He's got that wicked money. You know, he's like, that's right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, you are now an Imagineer, and you're tasked with designing a ride at a Disney park called the SpongeBob SquarePants Adventure. So, even though that, yes. I know Nickelodeon would be very mad, <laughs> but let's pretend like you know, down the road, Disney buys Nickelodeon. So, first of all, what would the ride vehicle be? Like, are you sitting in a clam? What are you sitting in? Right. I feel like the the answer that jumps to my mind is it's a boat. You know, it's like a car. Okay. It's a car boat. Um, so it's chitty chitty bang bang. It's chitty chitty bang bang. That's exactly right. Um, but I think on the I think that now that I think about it though, I think it's actually a, a series of different found objects. Like it's it's like a pineapple. Um, we also have a bucket. We have the chum bucket. We have a, we have a glove. Um, you know, we have a rock and that's the scariest yes. seat because there's nowhere to go in. You have to just sit on top and they, stra- they, they strap you in, you know, on top of the rock. Um, I mean, that's like on the Snow White ride, the vehicles are like the different dwarfs. And I was like, oh, I really want the dopey car and I never get it. But you'd be like, oh, I really want the rock this time as we're in the board. So is it kind of a dark ride? Kind of you're going through scenes or is it a roller coaster? Or is it a water ride? What do you think uh, it is? So I think that it is... Um, it's like you're in sort of a tube and you're surrounded by an aquarium. So like you're dry, but around you, you can see like fish swimming through. It's like sort of going through that and it's really fast. And then um, and then you pop above and you are in the most bright sunlit. It's like the, the, the brightest, perfect 70 degree California day. Um, uh, but of course it has to be built because it can't be anything except for that. It has to be perfect every time. And you're above and you get to see that like you you see all the water below you like unfiltered there's no glass above it right it's just like full water um and then you like splash down in and that's where it ends so it's it's not really like a dark ride it's more like an actual thrill ride almost it's a thrill ride through the ocean and are is there music from the cartoon uh yes Great. definitely i'm uh, ready for it Actually, that's that's actually how the uh, the path is themed, right? It's like it starts by going, you know, it's like you do like an F is for friends who do stuff together, U is for you and me, you know, like, and it just sort of goes through like in that sort of vibe, um, and then uh, you know we get into like best day ever, and you go above, and then it goes sweet, sweet, sweet victory, you know what I mean? And that's when you splash in. I want the soundtrack to be just your voice doing that. Right, but also narrating it, it a little bit as we yeah, go. Yeah, everything. Oh, uh, oh, can you tell me what's next? What's next on the song? Oh, best day ever? Okay, all right, guys. Uh, here comes best day ever. You hear like in the background, like, no, 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 we're going to edit that part out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, can you cut this? Would you mind cutting this? 
you guys can uh, tune, right? You can auto tune. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yep, no problem. <laughs> Ethan, if SpongeBob SquarePants were to get a job at the Disney parks, what job do you think he would want? Fry cook. Yes, exactly. That's a great answer. Yeah, thank you. Would he want to become the manager of one of the restaurants? Oh, I mean, absolutely. But I think that what would be really important to SpongeBob is that he really gets to understand the restaurant and he works there for 10, 15, 20 years before becoming a manager. Because I I think um, one of the beautiful things about SpongeBob is his desire to become ingrained in the community. Uh, and so coming over, you know, coming across brand. <laughs> I wonder what he would think about churros, you know? SpongeBob and churros. I, I feel like, okay, this can't be canon because, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't have that kind of power. Um, but SpongeBob loves churros. Oh, Suey, we'll be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? this Ethan, it is time for Fast Pass Answers. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock after I ask the first question for you to answer as many of the questions as possible. Are mm-hmm. you ready? Uh, I am. Here we go. Here we go. Ethan Slater, name any character from Beauty and the Beast. Lumiere. Favorite Disney movie? Uh, Newsies. Name any fellow performer from SpongeBob SquarePants Musical. Danny Skinner. True or false, it's the best day ever. True. Name any Disney princess. Ariel. Name any song from The Lion King. Um, Circle of Life. Favorite Broadway musical. <sighs> Jesus Christ Superstar. Name one of the seven dwarfs. <laughs> so sorry. Dopey. I'm... Oh, you said dopey. Yeah. That's so nice of you. He's my favorite. <laughs> Thank you for that. I feel like it's just like, we're just like, we're, we're linked in that way. Just redheads, Jews, dopey. <laughs> redheaded Jews. Speaking of, Jesus Christ Superstar. I know. Yeah. Though not a redhead, but other than that. <laughs> but, right. But sort of like could be a redheaded Jew. Yeah, could. Yeah, maybe. Well, probably not Jesus. This is the moment that the video has gone off the rails. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I've actually, it's actually happened a couple of times that I've said Jesus Christ Superstar and, and sent an interview off the rails. It's not that it wouldn't be the first. Oh, that's okay. We can bring it back. Yeah, please. I love that you brought up Ariel, another redhead from Disney, yes. and Lumiere. Yeah. Great choice. He's oh, fun. thank you. He's super fun. Put on your thinking ears. It's trivia time. Oh, boy. It is trivia time. Uh, For the third park at Walt Disney World, Disney had initially made a deal with the movie studio Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, MGM, to use their name for the park, drawing on the company's role in the classic days of Hollywood movies. However, the relationship had been rocky from the start, with multiple lawsuits between Disney and MGM about overuse of the MGM brand. And in 2008, after MGM didn't renew the license agreement, Disney announced they were changing MGM Studios to Hollywood Studios. Speaking of a rocky relationship between Disney and MGM, originally, Mickey Mouse was going to appear in the dancing sequence from Gene Kelly's 1945 film, Anchors Away, produced by MGM. Some sources claim Walt Disney initially agreed to loan out Mickey, but Roy Disney rejected the deal. According to Bob Thomas's book on Roy, 
The studio was in debt after World War II, and they were focusing on trying to get their own films out on time. According to Roy, they had no business making cartoons for other people. So at the last minute, Mickey's appearance in the film was replaced by which other cartoon mouse? It's the longest Um, question. That question, first of all, that question is filled with things that I'm fascinated by, didn't know much about. (laughs) What other cartoon mouse? Can I can I ask a, a question? Yes. Before I give the answer, is yes. this a cartoon mouse that is? It's still a Disney loan out, or it's still no a Disney? Mickey? No, Disney was like you can't use. Disney was like our, so. This is a different mouse. That's it's not another like, famous it's not like cartoon mouse. mouse. It's not. Um, I, I, it was just like fully just the word mouse. Guess. Um, is it like, um, Tom? No, Jerry, I mean. It is. It's Jerry Mouse. Oh my god. That's exactly right. Yes. Why did I say Tom? I was like, I was like, okay, well, I know that Tom is the cat. So Tom is what is what went through my head. (laughs) Um You know what I if someone told me like which of Tom and Jerry, who's the cat and who's the mouse, I'd be like, uh I don't know, but I can tell you the dwarfs in marching order. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, really? It was Jerry Mouse? I love that. Yes, who was MGM's famous cartoon stars at that time. Incredible. So look at you, you know, classic Hollywood, a little Disney influence. Yeah. And you solved the trivia correctly. Well done. That's quite, that's quite a, I, I love that story too, though. Cause like the MGM Disney Rocky relationship is like, um, at the time MGM was the real powerhouse probably. Right. Yeah. Right. Like MGM owned, owned the, the Hollywood landscape and, um, Disney was like still, you know, clawing its way up. I mean, probably, you know. Clawing is probably not the right word because they were already well, Disney. Well, it's but. a mouse. Mice crawl. So, so scratching. <laughs> they're squeaking. <laughs> squeaking the way up. Ethan, you are so deeply loved for your portrayal of everyone's favorite sea sponge who lives in a pineapple under the sea, Mr. SpongeBob SquarePants. Although he's not from the wonderful world of Disney, we still have a special place for him in our hearts because of the joy he brings, much like our main man, Mr. Mickey Mouse. In this game, SpongeBob or Mickey Mouse, I'm going to read a statement and I need you to tell me if I'm describing SpongeBob, Mickey, or both. That's good. Are you ready? I love this. Yeah. Here we go. Is there an objective answer to this or is this? We're going to find out. We're going to find but I out. I think so. I think you'll be I think you'll be great. So, SpongeBob or Mickey Mouse number 1, I'm a really likable guy and have some very close friends, all different species than me. Wow. That that's got to be both. It is both, of course. Oh, look at Mickey's that. got Goofy, Pluto, Donald, so those are some right. dogs and Duck. Duck. SpongeBob has Sandy and Patrick. That's a, a sea them. star and a squirrel. They're so similar already. Okay, number two for SpongeBob or Mickey Mouse. I'm always up for adventure and seek to do the right thing despite how hard it may be. My middle name is actually Hero. Wow. So it's uh, Mickey Hero Mouse, right? So that's got to be SpongeBob. That is SpongeBob, exactly. (laughs) I actually don't know if Mickey has a middle name. I'm sure he does. Okay, number three. I was written to be animated entertainment for children, but I'm actually loved by people of all ages, and my likeness has been adapted for multiple platforms. Uh, that's both. It is both. But yeah, that's got to be both. I mean, that's both. Mickey was was originally for kids, right? Like there was like that sort of, or was it sort of for everyone? That that's the only place where I'm. 
Yeah, I'm going to say both. I think because at the time, cartoons were delegated to be children's entertainment. Right. But I think pretty quickly, everyone was so amazed at what Walt Disney was doing that it quickly happened. Yeah. Okay, number four, I can be quite theatrical. And there was even a Broadway musical in which I appeared in. Okay, so uh, obviously SpongeBob was in a Broadway musical. So I'm going to go with SpongeBob. But has, has Mickey been in a Broadway musical? Okay, so here's the thing. I don't think so. I can't. I, I can't mean, picture. I'm sure he's been referred to, but I don't believe that Mickey Mouse as a character has ever been a character in a Broadway musical. There's got to be an Easter egg somewhere in one of Disney on Broadway shows where Mickey well, is. Well, sure. But I mean, like, I've never seen Mickey stand, like, stand downstage center at the palace singing a song. Oh, that's so right. But, oh, can you imagine Mickey at the palace? Oh, Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll be directing that. <laughs> Mickey with an M. <laughs> Mickey Mouse as Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Mickey with a C. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Number five. I love my name, but in my creation, there were other names that came before my current one. Oh, I mean, I think that's true for both of them. It is. Um, SpongeBob was going to be, do you know what that was? I, I I do. I'm trying to remember that short, the little short that Steven Hillenburg made. Um, oh, but I'm blanking on it. Sponge Boy. Sponge Boy. Oh. And Mickey was going to be Mortimer. Mortimer Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number six for SpongeBob or Mickey Mouse. I love love <laughs> and I'm quite optimistic. And I'm very grateful that I have a mouse for a girlfriend. <laughs> Um, Mickey. That's that is Mickey. That's be Mickey. That is Mickey Mouse. Yeah, that's Mickey Mouse. I had to like quickly go through and be like, okay, well, SpongeBob. SpongeBob doesn't have a mouse for a girlfriend. SpongeBob doesn't have a girlfriend. Okay, yeah, that seems right. It's amazing how like a question that should be just an instant like, yeah, I I have to like stop and and no, yeah, count. really process this. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I hear you. I appreciate the time you're taking. So number seven. Sometimes when I sing and dance, I sound a lot like Tony Award nominee Ethan Slater. Mm, that's both of them. That, that is, is both, both of them. Of them. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching Mickey Mouse on Disney Plus and I was like, that really sounds like Ethan. It was that's so weird. So weird. Yeah, that's so odd. Yes, um, it's actually just SpongeBob. It's just SpongeBob. Yeah. But huh. one day. One, one day. day. Okay. Number eight, SpongeBob or Mickey Mouse. I'm typically seen on TV wearing shorts. I mean, Mickey Mouse? SpongeBob wears pants. Well, but we see his socks pulled up very high in the cartoon, so I'm assuming they're kind of shorts. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm going to say they're shorts. They're both. shorts. Both. I mean, Mickey's I got it. a lot of different ones, but I think like in the parks, he's wearing full pants, but we see him often oh, in signature right. red shorts. If you're, see- if you're seeing ankles, does it count? It- that means it's shorts in the cartoon world? Well, unless they're like really cool and like wearing like, you know, bell- pants bell- that bottoms. cut out. Not bell cut bottoms, off. but like cut off. I don't know. We this is. I don't think we're quite poised to discuss fashion. I think that's actually a really fair point. Yeah. <laughs> but next time on E Ticket to Broadway, we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, number nine. Some of my iconic performances deal with a lot of water. Yeah, uh, both. Yeah, totally both. Because of course, SpongeBob lives in the pineapple under the sea, but right. Mickey Steamboat Willie. Of course. And Sorcerer's Apprentice from Fantasia with all the water. 
what's what's incredible is I actually so Steamboat Willie. What year is Steamboat Willie? This is not important. Nineteen twenty eight. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Steamboat Willie. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that under the steamboat was SpongeBob? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but SpongeBob sure. had, he had, uh, had yet to like come into uh, world fame. He's just living, just yeah. chilling under the boat. Yeah, I want to see that crossover event. The the Mickey SpongeBob. Yeah, I'm like sure it's, it's on t-shirts somewhere. No, but it's like it's like Steamboat Willie, and like he like jumps into the water and swims down, and he meets SpongeBob, and they have a conversation. I love that. Let's get to it. You can voice both of them. I would be honored. That actually sounds very fun to me. Okay, here comes the final SpongeBob or Mickey Mouse. I am very famous. There are people all over the world with merchandise featuring me, and I even have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Both? I believe it's just Mickey. Yeah, I. that seems right. It was just the star. There's merchandise everywhere. Wait, so where where's Mickey's star? Do you know? On the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Ugh, I love that. I'm going to go find it. Ethan, thank you for playing SpongeBob or Mickey Mouse. We're going to send you home with the platinum edition of Bambi on DVD. <gasps> oh my god! Very exciting. You get to watch it again. <laughs> now let's hear from some of you. Uh-huh. Keith, and we put it on our Instagram account. Your fans are ready. Johan and Tara have a similar question. If you could bring an animated Disney character to life on stage, who would you choose? If I could bring an animated Disney character to life on stage. If I were to um, bring a Disney character on stage, and and it's both because we're talking about him a lot right now and because of my love of that era of comedy and, and physicality, but... Mickey Mouse. Yes, that's correct. I would love that. I would love that too. Let's do that. Okay, Philip asks, what's your favorite Disney movie? Uh, I I do think I have to go back to Newsies when I just... Newsies, yeah. I, you know, does live action, does it count? Yeah, of course it counts. Totally. Okay, good. Hannah wants to know, who is your favorite Disney sidekick? Who is my favorite Disney sidekick? Um... You mentioned Lumiere, who's a good right. one. Lumiere is a great, like Lumiere is a classic. Um, Lumiere also gives me some real Gavin Lee vibes, um, yes, which does. I love. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to go with Lumiere, but you know what? I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep that on the top of my mind because that feels like something I should have a, a firm answer to. Whenever you think of it, no matter where you are, just scream it out. I will. Yeah. In about six or seven hours. Yeah, I want you at Starbucks to be like, Miko, (laughs) are you okay, Ethan? Okay, Enya wants to know, Pixar or Disney? Oh, wow. Look, I think that um, the the amount that Toy Story has meant to me in my life uh, means that I have to, I mean, and that's, you know, that's Disney Pixar, right? So I have to go with the Pixar side of it. Yeah, technically Disney owns Pixar now, so we're safe. But yes, I'm glad that you love Toy Story. Toy Story 3. Toy Story, oh my God. Well, so Toy Story, like the thing that we always told each other was that, you know, the writers of Toy Story, the producers of Toy Story had a son who was Andy's age. And that son who was Andy's age was exactly my age. So every time a movie came out, it was dealing with Andy's stage of life and like dealing with like sort of the emotional turmoil. So, so Toy Story 3, when we were going off to college or, or you know, leaving high school or leaving home, um, 
for the first time, you know, into our semi-adulthood. I, I just remember watching that with my high school friends and like bawling. Yeah. That's so sad. Not not that you related to it, but that part of the movie is so sad. Ah, oh, it really is. Paul wants to know, and we asked this about SpongeBob, if you could work at the parks for a day, what would be your dream role? Oh, I just like... You know, you want to know what's what's why I feel like I want to. Is there a particularly good restaurant that I don't know about that I should know about? I mean, my taste goes for like Pizza Planet, which is kind of Toy Story themed. Maybe this is great. I'm into it. Pizza Planet. I love that Pizza Planet. I think that I would want to work as um, a waiter and or host at Pizza Planet, and and I think that that's because I love being around food. I do love cooking, but I also love being able to interact with people who are having wonderful days and trying to help them have better days if possible. Love that. And Enya also wants to know, which Disney character do you resonate with the most? Is it Rufio? <gasps> Rufio. Yeah, I, lo- I, I do. Rufio does hit deep, but just found out that's Amblin. Um, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Fair. You're, you're right. You're right. I have like a... I, I have like this um, on the Toy Story train. There's something to me about like combining um, Woody's like sen- Woody and Buzz's different like sense of selves that I, I really connect to Woody's like sort of trying to like grip onto his place and needing to learn to like be a little more elastic, be a little be be able to flow a little more. And I and I really connect with that. And then there's other times where I'm like, oh no, I've I've flown too fast headfirst into something and I, I, I'm being a buzz. Oh, well said. Well said. (laughs) You're very kind. (laughs) You're like, and sometimes someone pulls my string and I say, there's a snake in my boots. (laughs) (laughs) I think the thing that makes me connect most with Woody is that I have a string on my back when you pull it. Oh, he's showing me his string. It's very interesting. It's time for some tough choices. Let's play Tweedledee or Tweedledum. It is time for Tweedledee or Tweedledum. I'm going to give you two options. Let me know which one you prefer. Here's the first one. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, can you feel the love tonight or a whole new world? Can you feel the love tonight? Okay. <laughs> Tweedledee or Tweedledum, popcorn or pretzels? Specifically the the soft Mickey-shaped pretzel and the popcorn from the parks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I have to go with pretzel because it feels more more unique to me. See, I'm with you. Anytime someone says they love like the popcorn or the nachos from the parks, it's like, mm-hmm. that's great. I love that. But like go for something Mickey shaped, but teach yeah. their own. Okay. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Aladdin or Ariel? I think we're going to have to go. Ugh. Okay. So here's what's hard about this. I know that we're not supposed to talk through the thought process, but. You can. I never said you couldn't. You oh, live you your life. Oh, no, that's so nice. I have, I do like, as much as I remember, as much as I like, you know, loved watching The Little Mermaid, I also like deeply remember watching Aladdin 12 times in a row, you know, on Saturday morning, like sitting two feet away from my TV. So I think I have to go with Aladdin. Okay. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, watching a parade or watching fireworks? Parade. Okay. And final Tweedledee or Tweedledum, best day ever or bikini bottom day? You know what? I got to go with bikini bottom day and here's why. Because bikini bottom day means that we're about to go through the whole day and get to experience it all again. Best day ever is a beautiful reflection on what just happened. 
Ethan, what's the first thing you're going to do the next time you go to a Disney park? You know, I think the first thing that I want to do when I go to a Disney park is I think I want to run to Space Mountain and uh, re-experience like the clearest memory that I have from childhood of going to the park and let that sort of like influence the rest of my time there. I love that. I cannot wait to see that on-ride photo of you on Space Mountain, either screaming, <laughs> just, just, just tears, tears and mucus flowing out of my yeah. Uh, Caption: happy. I'm having the best day ever. <laughs> Full circle. Well, Ethan, thank you for joining me on E-Ticket to Broadway for sharing your love of Aladdin and Bambi and Space Mountain and playing SpongeBob or Mickey Mouse. This has been a delight. Thank you for having me. I've had the best day ever. Perfect. Well, we will see you at the parks. See you there. Seventy-six trombones led the big parade with a hundred and ten cornets close at hand. Oh, I love parades. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.